Welcome to the Black Psychologist Podcast, where we have conversations and give insight into human behavior and promote mental health wellness. I'm Dr. Kyle Osborne, and with my co-host, Dr. Jason Coleman, we'll discuss health topics, everyday life issues, and try to give you a better understanding of yourself, other people, and the world around you. So just sit back, relax, and hopefully you'll leave with some information that'll have you living your best healthy life. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How's everybody doing tonight? I'd like to welcome you to our show, the critically acclaimed, the one and only, the Black Psychologist Podcast. And I am one half of your humble and gracious host, Dr. Kyle Osborne. He is I and I am him. And for those of you that have been on this journey for us and with us, you guys know that I'm never here by myself, never alone. I'm here with the one and only this guy. Just when they think they know the question, he changes the answer. Dr. Jason Cole. (laughs) What's going on, good brother? Uh, I don't know the answer. What's good, bro? I don't know the answer to that question. What's up with you, though, man? Nothing, man. Here we are, bro. Uh, Listen, episode 50, man. What's going on? Here we are. I ain't got no idea what's going on, man. The world is upside down, man. It's it's, it's July 4th weekend. You know, Kevin Durant is on his way to Phoenix. You know what I'm saying? Kyrie Irving might be with the Lakers, you know? It's going to be Ben Simmons. It's going to be Ben Simmons' team. Yeah, (laughs) about to be left with Ben Simmons, man. (laughs) So who knows, man? The world is upside. It's upside down right now, bro. Yeah, yeah, it's wild out there, man. Yeah, it's um, I'm I'm losing my guy, uh, Jalen Brunson from the Mavs. He's going to uh, New York. Sad to see him go, but they give him twenty five. They're giving him twenty five million, so I can't be mad at that. You know, and that's all I was about to say. Like, I'm not mad at him because. That's his payday right there. But, yeah. you know, it's another, to me, it's another bad contract for the Knicks, you know. But, well, you know, on the Knicks with the fine print, it's like, yeah, we'll give you the bag. But as far as winning goes, not so much. <laughs> so, you know, how that goes. I, I, I feel you. But here we go, man. Episode 50. But you uh, know what? It's crazy. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it's crazy because they hired his father, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's from the area. He's from Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, he, you know, yeah, he'll be, he'll so be... it's a family, family affair up there, man. Absolutely, they get absolutely. money. Absolutely. So uh, we absolutely want to uh, thank everybody who's been with us thus far, um, as far as supporting us on YouTube, supporting us on all the different streaming platforms, uh, on Facebook, on IG. We appreciate all the love and support, and uh, we're going to continue rolling out this content. You know, what do you think, Jack? Um, definitely, man. Just listen, humble by the support, you know, anybody that takes the time to listen, um, you know, we really appreciate it. Just, you know, in the midst of everything that's going on, um, people could listen to anything, you know, taking time out you know, to listen to mental health news, you know, and kind of our banter, you know, it's humbling and, you know, um, just thankful. So we're going to keep the content up and appreciate the support. And so we want to thank the supporters and we also want to thank some of the folks that have been trolling and not supportive. I don't know if you've seen it, Jay, on our uh, on our page on, on Facebook, bro. We've gotten quite the response. No. The, oh man, listen for for you and for anybody else. Go to <laughs> I, our go I to our Facebook page. Yeah, go to our Facebook page. Um, it's it's wild. Some of the responses and some of the folks that are trolling us, man. It's it's um it's quite something. But hey, I'll take it as long listen, as you tune man. in. <laughs> Listen, man, I go there whenever I want to be reminded that, you know, no matter how far you make it, yeah, some people is going to look at you as a certain thing, you know? Absolutely. So we we appreciate them tuning in also. So, yeah, run and tell a friend and hate on us. I love it. All right. So, Jay, let's get into it, right? So, like you said, um, first and foremost, uh, Twitter and co-founder and uh, Block CEO Jack Dorsey and Jay-Z, uh, are teaming up to launch a Bitcoin Academy. All right. Uh, it's an educational program designed to teach participants about financial literacy, 
um, and the world's largest cryptocurrency. All right. So the way they have it set up is that they have free classes that will be offered in person and online from June 22nd to September 7th. And they're exclusively available to the residents of um, Brooklyn, New York's Marcy Housing Complex, where Jay-Z grew up. So the Bitcoin Academy plans to eventually expand to other neighborhoods in the future. So the way also, which is part of the, the course, is that they're in-person classes that will be hosted two evenings per week and serve the participants dinner. So Some of the topics are going to include what is money, what is cryptocurrency, what is blockchain and how to keep yourself safe from scammers. So it sounds pretty good. However, the residents of the Marcy Housing Projects expressed some annoyance and some skepticism regarding uh, Jay's latest venture at the Bitcoin Academy. All right. So, so I'm going to read you some of the quotes and some of the feedback that um, they, that they've been getting. So okay. they said it's one person said uh, it's kind of late to be doing this when people are trying to hold on to their dollars and everything. And uh, especially when everything is so expensive. This is from a 50 year old, 58 year old um, person or retiree. He says. People don't want to be investing money knowing that they might have a chance of losing it. Every dime I get goes to rent, phone, TV, Internet. I don't have money to be losing. If I did, um, another person said, if I did have money to invest, it would probably be something more reliable, like the Warriors basketball game last that happened last night. At least, you know, I'm going to win something from that. Another resident um, said uh, that the, this kind of personifies how out of touch Jay-Z is with his former home, okay? She says that uh, if you want to do something to fix up this place, we have basketball courts with no hoops. Our park is broken up here. You should be doing something more for the com for the community and not Bitcoin Academy. You know, there are other people saying that we don't have $100 to spend on investments and so on and so forth, all right? Jay, to this, you say what? Oh, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because... Yeah. I can't say either one of them are wrong, right? Because see, all right, Jay-Z is in another world, right? So he's looking at it. Now he has been there when those people, where those people are now, right? He's lived there, right? And if he was totally insensitive to their situation and didn't care about them, then he wouldn't be trying to put a program there, right? Mm -hmm. So if we look at the intent first, then it's a, I think it's a little easier to stomach because <clears throat> it's two perspectives. <clears throat> the people on the ground that live in there and now making an assumption because I ain't never lived there. We talking about Marcy Projects, right? Right. Okay, so Jay-Z's looking at it from the perspective of investments create generational wealth and passive income. That is true. These are things that I ain't gonna, I'm not going to say have been hidden, but they've been hidden in plain sight from people of color because a lot of us haven't had the information, all right? Yeah. That's just a proven fact. Warren Buffett, everybody else is going to tell you that, right? Investments are going to generate passive income in, in one instance, but gen or generational wealth. He has it. So he's trying to give people that information. But people below a certain socioeconomic status, right? And a lot of these people, I can assume, I'm assuming, are in survival mode. They're talking about basketball courts, plant paying rent. And kitchen table issues like bills and groceries, right? These are not going to be the people that, A, have $100, $200, dollars to put into a Coinbase account and let it sit, right? Until Bitcoin a year, two, three years from now gets back to $60,000, right? Odds are they're going to have to take that money out and do what? Pay a cable bill, pay for the car. Pay for an emergency, right? Because these are going to be the people, more likely than not, that have the less than $3,000 saved, which is majority of Americans, right? And, and we can assume that if majority of Americans have less than $3,000 saved, and these are people that are in public housing, we can assume that a fair amount of them probably fit into that category. So you're talking about one person that's coming from a perspective of generational wealth, and he's giving his people knowledge, right? But you have people who are in survival mode. They they they're still worried. They're still worried about hunger pains being satiated. You're, you're not talking to them, right? So, and then when you look at the fact that 
Bitcoin has lost 40% of its value since November, they're probably lucky that people didn't invest, right? Because they would be looking at them to pay them back, half of them, right? Now, the good thing about the program is that they're providing psychoeducation about, you know, scamming, information, basic information that you would need in a good climate. But we're going into, a lot of people way smarter than me say we're going into a recession, right? So again, lower, lower socioeconomic status, people in survival mode, you see what their concerns are and you're talking to them about generational wealth. Not saying that they don't deserve to hear the message, but sometimes you got to meet people where they're at. What you think? So I like the intent. However, I'm not sure this is the right financial vehicle for them to be learning about or maybe getting that exposure to kind of given their current circumstances. So especially kind of given we're talking about Bitcoin or cryptocurrency where that is recently had the crashes within the past couple of weeks. And like you said, they might be um, it'll be a situation where they may be owing as opposed to seeking any type of benefit from it. So I'm thinking like, absolutely, we need to come to our community or come into that particular community that they're talking about, but just any you know, lower SES community and, and inform them, educate them about more issues or more things as, as it regards to or relates to financial literacy. So yeah, talk to them and inform them about investment because at this stage of the game, you don't always necessarily need $3,000, $5,000 or this large amount as far as amount of money to um, invest. But there are other different areas for a financial literacy that they can be, that they can, I think, they can incorporate a program into like just as far as teach them about what to invest in or even saying, hey, you know, what? if you have ten dollars, you can start an investment in some of these other different particular stocks. Or I just feel like crypto is not the best one right now, given how it's performing and that crypto is also uh, for a lot of people is still in its infancy. There's still a lot that people don't even know about it. So I feel like, OK, let's teach the community about financial literacy and investment okay sure if you want to go that route but it shouldn't be yeah. this. it has to be a thing where it's more one it should be a situation like all right what else other than financial literacy like we talked about it on our last episode what else is is the incentive right because like you said if you're talking about generational wealth they're not talking about that right now they're just trying to survive <clears throat> what else are you drawing them in with like okay you're going to give them hosting two evenings and you're going to provide them dinner but like are right, you going to give them some money to start you know what I mean? The well, program, or are you going to give them, you got to be some motivation and some incentive to come in, but it's also um, a different financial vehicle. Um, I feel like would be more appropriate if we're talking about folks, if, if for this particular situation in a housing project, you know what I mean? Well, this is the thing. And I'm going to be very honest, like me and you both, right? Me and you both, we're, we're playing a little bit of Monday morning quarterback. The reason why I say that is because we would not be having, well, I'm going to just say me, but I would have a different opinion if we were doing this show on November 15th, right? When Bitcoin was at 58,000, right? And we got to remember, Jay-Z can't see into the future, right? So, and <clears throat> the stock market is the stock market and Bitcoin is the same way, meaning like, yo, time in the market, it's not timing the market. So he's thinking, this thing is going up, right? The world is benefiting from it. Right. And lower income communities are missing out. So if you look at he's providing it with information and, and, and right. So it's very easy for us to look now and say, yo, they should have did it on index funds. Right. That's more. You know what I mean? That's what Warren Buffett would advocate. And I get it. But, you know, as well as I do. When you're trying to get the grant right, when you're writing the grant, Bitcoin was the was the was the hot name at that point. And the understanding, even in the financial community, was, yeah, it's easy for people to say volatile, volatile, volatile now, right? But there was a point, not even a year ago, where people were saying that Bitcoin was replacing gold as your hedge. And Jay, so I get it. Jay-Z's not the only one that got caught out there. Remember all the people that did the Super Bowl commercials and this and that. They really, a year or two from now... We might not be having this conversation, right? Because more than most likely, like this, like the market does, Bitcoin is going to be back to where it was and further, right? 
Right. So I so I think, you know, obviously I'm not coming at you, but I think we we have the luxury of playing Monday morning quarterback because everybody, myself included, it you know, in November was like, damn, I should have invested more money. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, but now again, it's down to 20, but again, now I look at it like an entry point, right? But my mindset is different. My mindset is buy and hold. Right. And I'm not putting the money in the Bitcoin that I need to pay my phone bill. You know what I'm saying? It's extra money that's dedicated to my investments. So I I think at this point in time, this program is better off targeted towards people that probably have a little bit more capital and a little bit more stability financially. Not saying that people who are lower socioeconomic status or in housing projects don't deserve a financial education. Right. But if you're going to tell them to put their money in something, then you can sleep at night putting their money in an index fund that, you know, if they hold it, you know, they'll have the same benefits as a Warren Buffett. Right. But but with the Bitcoin, you just kind of got caught. You know, it's, it's, it's just a downturn in the market. But but you hear the people they were interviewing. Right. Yeah. The, the mindset is not it's a different mindset. People who are who have been educated financially are not going to say to you, you know what I'm saying? Um, I forget some of the, the quotes that you were saying, but some of the way they were viewing the, the investment, right? People who are who have that financial education know that that they buy the Bitcoin now, right? They're not necessarily expecting like if they go down tomorrow, they I'm in it. You know what I'm saying? I'm uh, you know. And that's that's kind of part of it because I'm gonna hold everybody accountable. In this. I'm gonna hold in, I'm gonna hold Jay and, and Jack Dorsey accountable to the point where this might not be the right financial vehicle, and also to the points that you mentioned. But also at the same time, I'm also gonna hold, you know, our own folks accountable too, in the same respect that I hear a lot of them saying, Well, you know, I'm in survival mode. And then you have one person saying, like, well, I don't have a hundred dollars to spend on investments, or another person saying, Well, if I'm gonna bet on something, I'm gonna bet on the Warriors game. Right, 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 right. right. That's what but I hear. But, but here's another thing though, right? What do you and I also see, you know, because we come from similar backgrounds, right? We don't necessarily the projects, but lower SES, predominantly black neighborhoods, right? What also do you see or do you happen to see from residents in that area? Right. You see them they're rocking Jordans, they're rocking Yeezys. There's, you know what I mean? So I understand right. where, where people can sit here and say, well, I don't have money to, to put it on this. I mean, I know, I know what you mean. Right. Like, and I'm not trying to be the accuracy. I ain't going to, that's, that's right. not what I'm not, I'm not I, trying to I be, what you're saying. right. I'm not trying to be the bad guy, but it's also like at, at some point, for generational wealth to take place, we have to make that decision of like, okay, some of the money extra that I do have, because obviously if you have, and I'm not saying everybody, right? I'm not saying everybody that commented, but there's a, a good population or portion of people that do have money where you can't, well, let me just start with $25. If I have $50, right. Right? as opposed to putting that money into something like more materialistic, like Jordan's, like jewelry, a bag or whatever the situation may be. It's like, right. all right, well, you know, let's put it in it. But unfortunately, in our community, something that we suffer from is that we're as opposed as that that lack of priority. Right. It's like either I'm going to impress the masses or I'm going to build investing in my future. And unfortunately, you have a lot of people that will choose impressing the masses, because when I step out, you can see me rocking whatever this material thing is. And as opposed to, like he said, the basketball game. Right. A basketball game is a quick flip. If I put some money on it and I win, I'm going to get the immediate results. But with Bro, any kind of investment, like you're not going to get that because it's a long term situation. So we got to hold it accountable. What, what choice are we going to make? Because it can't be like, all right, well, we were getting some of the information, but I feel like I don't have the money to put it in it. And then you want to later on possibly blame a different force or a different factor of why you weren't able to come up in the long term. So it's, it's accountability, I feel like, on both sides. I mean, it's accountability, but I'm going to always go back to the perception, right? And, and and I couldn't, like it was on the tip of my tongue, I couldn't recall it when I was talking, but like you said, for whoever it was, he said it was the, the safer bet was betting on the Warriors than the market, right? And I'm sure that's for a variety of reasons, because the man feels like, or the woman, 
that they could do the research on the Warriors, right? They have a, a better feeling about whether they're going to come out right or not, right? And it's something that they feel is tangible. They can turn on the, the you know, the game, watch it and understand it. That's why I said it's your perception of money and financial education, right? Because even people that have jobs, right? I mean, it's not about educated or uneducated. People who have financial education perceive money different, right? Even people that have jobs, it's hard for them to perceive dollar cost averaging and putting $600 a month into an index fund and never touching it for 20 years. They don't understand that. Even when you broke, even when you don't have money, even when you want Jordans, if you want to go out, it's not vacation fund. You don't borrow from it. $600 every month. That's the floor, right? Mm-hmm. But people who understand, have a financial education, they do it like they tithe to the church. You understand? That's true. And when you do that, right, then you can turn around in 25 years from now. These are the people that, that you can see that, is, that can say they'll live off their dividend or do this or borrow from it or this and that. But that's not something that you can teach necessarily, right? That's something that you watch. It's usually something that's ingrained in the people like, yo, my, my dad, my uncle, my mom, this is, you know? So whether it's, I get it, it's Marcy Projects, but whether it be Marcy Projects or the surrounding areas or another, it's about a perception because all of those people, whether they have a little bit of money or a lot of money, they save for something, Right. Whether they save to get a car, whether they save for groceries, whether they save for an outfit on Easter, they save for something. It just depends on where their priority is. You want to know where their priorities are, look at where they spend their money. Absolutely. All right. So something else that it's um, I think is going to be, you know, before we move forward, I feel like it's going to be it goes until September 7th. So it's going to be interesting to see the results and, you know, what the outcome is, because they said this is something that. You know, they want to uh, possibly move on to other different cities. And again, I I think we both agree that it's well-intentioned, you know, might have some adjustments and some other different things. But it'll be interesting to see what the result is. All right. Yeah. So something Good intention. That is, it might just be the wrong time. Exactly. So something that is difficult to understand, at least for me, and like we talked about how the world is upside down, is uh, this Roe versus Wade overturn. Right. So uh, late last week, Roe versus Wade was overturned. And since Friday, eight states have banned abortion procedures and about a dozen more are considering following suit. So um, I felt like this would be a good opportunity for us to discuss just some of the mental health impacts that uh, people, um, our clients included and people that we interact, our family members, so on and so forth. Will be experiencing this uh, as a result of this overturn, and mm-hmm. for me, something that came up immediately uh, when I saw this decision come down was seeing an increase in hopelessness and helplessness for a lot of individuals um, that don't have the resources of, like you know, that will find themselves in some of these situations, and they won't have the funds to be able to possibly cross state lines or be able to seek out, you know, the resource of, you know, having this procedure done. And um, for a lot of people, again, it's like, you know, that feeling of being not having many options, also being told what they can do and what they can't do um, with their own body. So, um, you know, I think there's just like, it's going to be an increase in anxiety also. Uh, with, again, the lack of resources and just kind of different things. So that was something that came to mind for me um, immediately of just even just seeing some of the um, the footage, right? You saw a lot of people in despair. You saw a lot of women. I mean, you saw folks just so emotionally reactive to this and for good reason, um, you know, because this is a generational, you know, type of overturn. Like this is going to affect right. people for generations um this generation and for generations to come and um i also see unfortunately that uh this may lead to dis- desperate measures man and a lot of individuals unfortunately seeking risky procedures illegal um doing some really highly risky dangerous unhealthy things 
um, to have this procedure performed. So, um, and that's absolutely going to have an impact on um, a lot of individuals' health. So, uh, what, what was your take when you when this took place for you? I mean, listen, definitely see a lot of reaction. Um, obviously, there's a lot of people that are personally affected. Um, and then just in terms of their views politically and personally, you know, they oppose it. Um, listen, definitely is going to impact disproportionately people that, you know, have less means. Right. Because they're going to be, you know, obviously they're going to be more exposed. You know, you kind of talked about it in terms of not having the money to travel or always might not not having the means um, to travel, leave a job to do, you know, all of those things, you know, and kind of having less options overall. Um, you know, so I think that obviously is something that, um, you know, is 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 going to impact a lot of people immediately. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but see, this is the thing I. And I and again, I I, I kind of want to look at it as a bigger issue because I think the trend that I'm starting to see with a lot of these things that we discuss is that like I'm not trying to blame people, right? This happened, people are gonna react to it, right? But advocacy, I, I'm gonna be very honest, like we it, it connects to George Floyd, it connects to police brutality, it connects to anything we want changed in this country, right? Advocacy is more than like tweets. It's more than tweeting. It's so it's like when I see some of these things, like yeah, it's drat, yeah, it's horrible, right? But like it's hard for me to be emotionally charged about it because the seeds for this were planted four, eight years ago, a long time ago. <laughs> this starts with judges that are put on the Supreme Court, particularly who's for that put reason. on the <laughs> who's put on the Supreme Court, who's not, right? And I'm sorry to keep putting it back to that, but our whole country could could benefit from having a basic civics class and just understanding how things work. And I'm not trying to be smug and I'm not trying to be an asshole, but I'm being very honest, right? For most people, advocacy is calling their friend, typing on Facebook, talking about how horrible shit is and liking some stuff on Instagram. And I get it, right? That's what most of us have been, but most people don't know shit about their state senator, what they do, right? Local politics, state judges, uh, I mean, um, Supreme Court judges, how they get elected, right? Your candidates from the top to bottom, right? All these district court judges, all these people, these are the people that are going to be eventually rising through the ranks. So respectfully, I don't mean to bring it back to this, but when you see and you hear week after week, we I heard about Donald Trump putting record numbers of judges in. Record numbers. Put like Nobody cared. It was bro. They was talking about it every day for for three years. Record numbers of judges he was putting in. Right when Barack Obama was in 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 office and they blocked Merrick Garland, it was a big deal for some people. Some people they didn't they couldn't care. They was they want they were on their way to great adventure, or or watching a game. And this is the result of it. So for me, I'm not saying I don't care, but what did you expect? Listen, Democrats, a lot of independents were very emotional people. Republicans put their their shovel in the ground. That's what they do, unfortunately. So I, I, I can't say I'm surprised. Are, people have to really understand the and the distinction between advocacy and action and action, right? Because when you don't participate in these other different, not just midterm elections, but like you you mentioned and highlighted earlier just now, um, you know, you have these elections for your senator, right? For your state representative, for your congressman, all these other, this is why you're supposed to participate in these particular elections. So like, and absolutely, people could definitely benefit from like a refresher of how the house how all of these things work and how these things took place because they were playing the long game. And that's simply what it was. It was a situation we're putting different individuals or, you know, a certain party are putting individuals in place. And because they also know that, you know what? Yeah. For the, the general elections or for the primaries every four years. Yeah. We're trying to get young people to come out. We're Bro, trying to get them they, to do this. But they're if you playing don't, the you game don't though. get in there, that is the game. Right. The and if you don't get in there, there for everybody to see, 
Exactly. And the that's rules it. are there for everybody to see. And I'm not going to give my personal opinion, but it's not a, it is not a, a, a soliloquy, you know, to to uh, uh, cast dispersions on one party or the other. I'm just saying that this, what we see, is not something that, that started last Monday. It started almost a decade ago, right? And, and I watched it in real time. And now I'm seeing people on my timeline upset and they want an, another re- reaction from people. And, I, and these are the same people who couldn't even, who couldn't even tell you what was going on in politics during that time. And I'm not, I'm not saying it like to throw it in their face, but what I'm saying is what's happening right now matters for that same reason. So it's like, pardon me if, if I just can't, I'm looking at the next thing at this point, because this was a done deal a long time ago. Respectfully. Well, this, this was the plan. This was the objective. And I think something, um, that I think everyone should be concerned about and have some um, some concern and anxiety towards is that, listen, this is just one, right? This is just the first domino to fall. There are going to be a lot of other civil rights that are, you know, proceeding that the Supreme Court will strike down. Like, this is just right. one of many. So this is where I think a lot of people should be concerned and really start paying attention for the reason that, this is just one thing. I think Clarence Thomas was talking about a whole other host of it, host of issues where he's like, oh, yeah, we, we need to look start taking a look at this particular right. We need to start taking a look. Listen, this is just the first of many. And when you don't participate, like in, like you mentioned, um, in some of these other different elections, again, that aren't the big names, but that's also what the other party are counting on. And so now we're left dissident with these situations. It's really going to be unfortunate because coming down the road, there are going to be some other different bills and other different you know, cases that are going to be looked to be overturned. And it's also, especially as we're, as we're talking about this, it's going to be difficult because the impact, especially on the lower SES for people that aren't able to, you know, financially, whether they're crossing state lines or whatever the situation may be, is also going to be a situation where now they're going to have to carry these term pregnancies in unhealthy situations, whether it be unhealthy relationships, whether it be less than they're able to take care of it. But this, again, was the objective from the very beginning, because they know they do the research like it's there. Like they know, all right, these folks aren't coming out to vote in these particular elections. So we're going right. to get our people in the house. We're going to get our judges in there. I mean, listen, man, I want to make my position clear. OK, I'm totally against this. Right. I think it's going to have a, an, an adverse effect on people especially, you know, people who have less financial resources. I think they're going to be mental health implications, right? Um, just in terms of the overall stress and anxiety, it's going to cause people in terms of reducing their options, right? Um, for some people feeling like they have no more options, right? They, there's some of the technical stuff around this that hasn't been totally sorted out in terms of like um, cases of sexual assault. I'm very concerned about that. Um, what what that may need may what that may mean potentially to a woman that's put in a position for any reason that they may have to take a baby to term that they don't want to you know um, especially when they've been impregnated against their will right mm-hmm. um, there's big mental health implications so I'm not trying to be uh, dismissive and I want to make my position clear but I also want to say you know like it's it's hard for me to kind of sit and 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 talk about this issue without saying you know that the politics are right in the heart of it right and and we've been this is the reason why again i know you people don't want people in their house when people call you you don't want to talk to them they want to knock on your door you don't want to hear what they what they have to say but listen local politics matter right they affect not national politics those people don't get up all the way up there you know on the ballot for no reason Right. So we have to start looking at, you know, how all of the people that are in these positions, right, you know, are going to affect, you know, our, our everyday life, lives. So we've got we've to start taking it a little bit more serious. Absolutely. And I think when we're talking about other different dominoes, not only just with um, previous uh, cases that could possibly be overturned, that could have ramifications on a lot of different civil rights, but it's also um, 
issues regarding your health care, um, regarding your, your, you know, the HIPAA, as far as like your protection. I mean, a lot of these other different things regarding your reproductive care and um, other different health care issues as it pertains to your protection are going to be affected. Like things are going to become very murky depending on what state that you're in. Um, there's going to be vulnerability not only to patients, but even to doctors and clinicians. Right. Because even the question of whether if people are going to try to cross state lines and physicians are going to be possibly held accountable and, you know, um, will there be punishment for all that? And, you know, medical records be, being able to be subpoenaed or it being like it opens the door for a lot of different situations. It's going to be very, very difficult um, and wondering whether federal law and other different um legislation is going to be able to protect you as a patient or even as a clinician. So, um, yeah, it's, it's difficult. It's, it's really difficult. I can see how a lot of people concern and their anxiety is absolutely going to increase due to this. Um, and again, we have to just overall pay more attention. We have to be more involved. Again, it has to go beyond the whole, all right, you're going to say and share your opinion on your IG on whatever your platform, are, which is cool, but you got to take action. We all have to take action. We're all all guilty. We all have to take our responsibility and accountability of that. And that, hey, you know what? If you don't like the way things are, hey, it's a bigger system that's intact. Like we 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 know this. But are you when it comes down to that whatever Tuesday that you got to take off or be late from work or go in late? Like, no, you got to hit the polls. You got to go in there and you got to take your part. But, you know, it's very difficult. So I agree. Gotta keep an eye on that one. Definitely. You know, this might be the wake up call um, that individuals need. Unfortunately, it comes at a great cost. And a lot of people, um, their lives and their health are going to be affected by it. So um, we shall see. Speaking of lives being affected, Jay, did you know this coming July, there's going to be a new emergency mental health hotline? Were you aware of that? I just heard myself, man. Yeah. So 988, that's the new number. All right. Is a mental health emergency hotline that is going to be launching nationwide on July 16th. Let me repeat that. On July 16th, this will go live and it will connect crisis centers across the country. Now, this hotline is free and it can provide uh, referrals to people that are struggling that don't know where to turn. All right. So anyone struggling with suicidal thoughts um, or suicidal ideation, experiencing panic attacks, extreme anxiety, persistent depression or any other um, mental health symptoms can call this hotline as a first step to getting a referral to some of the best local services around them. All right. So um, if they have any questions about any resources, they can call. Uh, they'll just simply call 988 and they'll be connected to an operator. So okay. uh, the goal is that they eventually want to merge uh, 988, the hotline, to ensure other people with local resources. And they're hoping to spread this um, nationwide or to other different areas where they can actually get you hooked up quicker to services. So um, I think this is this is dope, man. Uh, I like that this is making access easier uh, for, you know, one thing that. Um, and I'm sure you've heard of it also or heard about this, especially during COVID, is that one, there was an influx of people that needed mental health care uh, due to COVID and just kind of due to, you know, the, the Black Lives Matter. It was just a lot of people that needed services. And unfortunately, there weren't enough clinicians. Um, a lot of people were unable to take on new clients and um, there were a lot of people struggling, especially um a lot of people found themselves in crisis. So I'm happy that this is going as, as opposed to, you know, um, using, you know, what's that, that the, um, the long suicide prevention telephone number, which is a good resource in itself. But I'm, I'm happy that one, it's an additional resource. And the way it's, it's being, um, this is set up is that it makes access, you know, that much easier, right? Seems like there's less channels going through um, or that are involved in order for getting someone and connecting them to services. So uh, I'm on board with this, you know, 988. And I, I, I can remember that I'm old, so I can remember 988. So 
I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought this was good. Um, obviously, it's a, any resource to help people is, is good. Um, I think awareness is the key, though, right? Mm -hmm. um, because with something like this, um, of course, you want to get the word out. Um, and again, I had never heard I didn't I had never heard of it before I saw the article. Um, so I, it might be time to try to get like some local celebrities on board, you know, local businesses. This is the kind of thing where you want to get community buy in. Right. So um, it, to me, I think it's time like when you have a big like kind of program campaign like this. You want like a PSA, right? You want to get the most famous like athlete or actor or person from that area. This is where you want that involvement. Um, the only criticism I would give, and it's just a personal opinion, I don't like that they chose nine eight eight. I think they should have chose like three 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 or eight 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 or whatever. But what? <laughs> you know, we got nine one one, man. You need something different. It's mental health. Like we we know what nine one one is for. You know what I'm saying? So let another number, you know signify you know mental health support let it be 888 uh, uh 222 it doesn't matter but 988 i mean it's too close to 911 i go you know like i mean there, there you go man. i mean it's, it's a, well that's that's the thing like if you dial 988 you hit 911 by mistake i mean at least you're getting somebody right you gotta i, I don't know yeah see there you, you know? go so you you there said you 222 i mean listen man because that that just goes to show that you you've worked in a psych hospital because you know that the 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 code numbers are always the same numbers. Is it just that two 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 and Listen, man, I just think it would stick a little different, you know. Especially if somebody's having a mental health crisis, you know, maybe they could remember the same numbers a little bit better. But that's just my opinion. It doesn't matter. You know, you know what? That's what I said. It's a minor criticism. You know, I'm gonna do a social experiment. I want to see. What? How many people? When I go to work tomorrow, I'm actually going to check in and see how many people actually know about this, because uh, I, I'm I'm interested to see what is going to be the ad advertising aspect of this. Like, how are they marketing this? Because right. I'm I'm going to be honest with you. Outside of um, outside of the article, I didn't know about right. this. Right. Right. Now I'm not going to say so that like I'm I'm all mental, Mr. Mental Health, but it's like, I mean. You would hope. I mean, we're talking about we're what 16, 17 days from launch. Right. And um, I would like to see and hopefully that they start to roll this out. You start to see this on the platforms. Um, I mean, I know I'm going to post about it, but I'm, I'm interested to see who else knows about this. Like. Right. Because that's that's the key ingredient is that. All right, our individual is going to be aware of this. Like, is this popping up in people in the algorithms, right? Is this popping up in you know all these different things? Like, totally having a spokesperson um, would be great. Like you said, doing the PSA, and at the same time, like it, it's you know people are connected to the devices, man. They're connected to their phones, um, so like this needs to be rolled out. Like this is the same way how you had the song that um, what's my man's name that did the uh, the hotline song. Um, Rapper, uh, you with glasses. Hotline, you talking about Drake? No, this is no man, <laughs> not, not the hotline. The hotline no, he did a song, he he did the um, he are oh, you talking about logic? Logic, yeah, yeah, my man, logic. <laughs> I was checking my phones, right? I, I lost, I was like, yo, what you talking about? Yeah? So that's what I mean, they need that, right? They effect um where it's like all right it's gonna catch on like it's gonna spread it's gonna be i don't know make it a a, a tiktok or something man like it's got to go viral i feel like so people will know this right so people will have that information because that's where it's imperative where okay someone is experiencing a crisis they don't i mean okay yeah you have the suicide prevention hotline but if you know once something goes viral that's it you know what I mean? Like that's right. that goes like that. That that's people catches on like wildfire. People already remember. Um, I mean, I think nine eight eight is it's not too bad. You know, it's not, it's, it's memorable. Yeah. So Bro, we'll see, man. We'll see how that, that go. All right. Well, you know what? I'm, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, memorable. I mean, maybe I'll do I'll do a, a, I'll, I'll do a TikTok to it or something. Maybe I'll uh you know create a, a viral with that. You know. 
So it's got to yeah, start. Good luck. Yeah, yo. it's got to start somewhere, baby. You got to be the change that you want to see. You know that. Maybe maybe you should redo uh, Logic's song. Maybe you should remix it. Go ahead. Logic don't want that smoke. He don't want these bars with me. <laughs> oh man that's hey, crazy anything else important that we need to get to uh before we get out of here we talked about a lot a lot of i mean we could do the we could do the last one you want to do it you want to get into it all right let's yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah we could do it all right, all right let's get into it all right see guys this is real live this is reality this is it this is real time <laughs> it gotta be conversations of how we roll the show all right so in utah all right before we get out of here utah not gonna let you off the hook Provo Canyon School, which is one of Utah's oldest youth residential treatment facilities that houses more than 250 kids at a time between its two campuses in Provo and Springville. So recently, uh, records have shown that there's been troubling treatment methods, including placing patients in restraints, um, frequent uh, seclusion, forcing and administrating or administering booty juice, which is described as a liquid that makes someone fall asleep and calms them down and other forms of verbal and physical abuse by staff. Now, some people may be familiar with um, Provo Canyon School for the reason that Paris Hilton, um, she stated that she was abused when she was a resident, when she was an adolescent. And the, uh, she went ahead and created a petition to have the um about these allegations and have the school shut down and bring attention to it. So um so yeah it's a lot of troubling news and information and reports coming out of this RTF. Mm-hmm. Um and you know unfortunately um this tends to be and I don't want to throw you know a general blanket over um any RTFs uh because I know there are some really good ones out there. However um, my experience working in, you know, the inpatient sector is that, especially with, um, working with adolescents at times is that you hear some horror stories coming from uh, mm-hmm. a lot of these, uh, these, res- these RTFs, man. And, um, I mean, just kind of thinking with this, this is, this doesn't seem like out of the ordinary, not, I don't want to say out of the ordinary, but it's not foreign that you hear about some of these unfortunate situations and some of these, um, these cases coming where you have children and that's what they are. They're children. I mean, they may be teenagers, but they're still children. Um, and they're getting abused. Like they're being mistreated. And, um, yeah, this is disturbing stuff. Now, Jay, I asked you before we got on what booty juice is. Now I've worked in inpatient for a long time and I had, yeah. I hadn't heard that term. So maybe that, right. that might be more that's of an indictment on me, but that's cause um, you'd you be, you be hiding in your office. Now, that's right. Explain. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> All right, listen. All right, so so the reason why I sent it, now we was talking about this, is because right. it's some. It's it, all right. First, let's explain. Right, when they talk about booty juice, they're talking about that's a slang term. Obviously, they're talking about uh, haloperidol or haldol, right? Which is a first generation antipsychotic. Yeah. Right. Um, it's usually usually used to to treat positive symptoms of what we of schizophrenia right so when we talk about positive symptoms we're talking about it's a drug that's usually used to treat hallucinations delusions and then other disorders right so agitation would be one thing that it's used to treat right um or like the or like bipolar disorder with mania it, that's something else that it will be used to treat the point of this is that in that setting in a in a residential setting we, we're all aware of physical restraints, right? In the movies, we see people that are, we, we put weight blankets on them. You've seen people chained down to beds. But more recently, modern medicine, they use what we call chemical restraints, right? So this is a form of a chemical restraint. So if you, if you haven't been in a, in a behavioral health hospital, then it'll be foreign to you. But they call it booty juice because when kids get agitated, they may hit staff. They may come in agitated because they don't want to be there. They usually get a shot of haloperidol. And where do they usually get it? In the booty, right? So they usually, they call it booty juice because, again, it's a slang term. Um, It's been outlawed in a lot of different places, like the use of chemical restraints. Um, But, again, what you have, I think the the problem that you have is that, and I've seen this kind of firsthand, is that it becomes 
kind of part of the culture of the place sometimes, right? And what I mean by that is this should be used as, as a chemical restraint for the extreme cases, right? When you cannot get a child to calm down, right? As a sedative, right? Now, I'm just playing psychiatrist right now. I'm not one in real life. Um, but but the problem that you have is when it's kind of used as a behavioral modification technique, right? So when kids are talking back, you threaten them or you give them that, right, to calm them down, right? When they're being non-compliant, you give them that. That's when it becomes a problem. That's why you see lawsuits in Miami and different states in different years. Um, there was a lawsuit in Miami, I think, in 2013. And then you see sweeping kind of legislation in different places where they can't use it because it's been abused. Um, so I think that's when it becomes a problem, right? Because you have some kids who will act up purposely so they can get the effects of it, right? Because it will, after they wake up or they receive it, there is kind of like, I don't want to call it a high, but there's a groggy feeling that goes along with it, right? Um, so that feeling, that that different feeling, you know, some people may, I don't want to say they start to crave it, but they may, act up so that they can get the medication right. so that's kind of the background it, it becomes um a learned behavior right it becomes a, a learned response in the sense of like you mentioned they're gonna do if i do this action i know i'm gonna get that and what happens is that they start they use as opposed to de-escalation and bringing you know it's it turns into the all right this is the first line of defense Right. As soon as a person starts to, you know, start to exhibit some type of maladaptive behavior, it's like, oh, go get the hell doll. Go get it. And you, and so, you know, it's you know, when it's a part of the, the, the culture, because you'll have people who aren't even authorized to give them. the med- You'll have texts. Right. Saying, oh, you keep acting up. You're going to get that. Right. Or right. you have kids that are like, I don't care. I want the, I want the booty juice anyway. So when, when you start seeing that and I know it's funny, like, you know, we. And that's why I sent you the article because it's like, it's just because of the name, you know, you chuckle, but on, you know, on the, below the surface and I, and you would understand this, like on that level, when you see it, like it's sad, right? Because they're hurting so much, right? Um, you know, that, 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 and, and they're really in that low of a place, you know, that that's the only relief that they have, right? And they're so dysregulated that that's the only relief they have. That's, that's the best way to put it. And the, and the um, issue also is that that's not what Haldol is used for, right? That's not the manner in which it's supposed to be used, right? Well, like that's not the manner it's supposed right. to be used. But like, the fact it, that like, they're using yeah. it as a PRN or using it as a sedative to have this person, to bring this person down, you see what I mean? Especially if it's being used in continuously. Yeah, it, I mean, manner. and that's what I was saying. Like, listen, I'm not trying to play psychiatrist. That's not what I do. But in this context... When it becomes a problem, like, yes, if you have a child with extreme agitation, some kids need that, right? But when you have texts threatening to give it to them, right? When you have kids that are purposely acting up to get it and it happens, or when you have people that are that will issue that order because somebody is bothersome, then it's a problem, like you said, totally like you said. I think the issue also, and I think... This is taking place at a lot of different RTFs just across the country is that they're all like in like in the boondocks, right? They're in these very rural areas. Um, you're in the middle of East Jablip, nowhere. And East Jablip. Huh? East, East Jablip. And <laughs> it's like they're they're running. They're, they're being run like their own little area, right? Their own little law enforcement type of situation. And this is where you have a lot of these different reports where kids are experiencing these different various forms of abuse and they've been going on for years because it's just like, Oh, you know what? Who are you going to complain to? Who are you going to report to? It's not like you're part of like a a large health system. Like you're not part of like pen health system. You're not part of these more popular type of um, situations where like when you raise a flag or you, you know, you call the patient advocate or such, or is you, even if you're a part of the state, right? Even if you're part of the state hospitals, like you call the patient advocate, you call, you start making some noise, administration gets involved. No, these, these RTFs, a lot of them. And again, I'm not trying to throw shade and I'm not, if anybody is a tech or a nurse or, or a psychologist or psychiatrist at these RTFs, I know it's not by, by far, it's not an easy job. 
Because a lot of times at the RTFs, you're getting the patients or you're getting clients that sometimes the psychiatric or behavioral hospitals aren't able to treat or they're having different right. Right? right? Because you're there, you're RTF. These kids are living there as opposed to behavioral hospitals. They're there for a short period of time. But it's a difficult job for, uh, for everybody across the board. However, when you have these organizations or you have these facilities that are running like they're kind of operating on their own accord and they re- there's no repercussions or no issues. But like you said, when that type of culture takes place where you got the techs, right, you got the mental health techs that are making threats and they're, you know, putting people in seclusions for undisclosed amount of times or you have patients that have been in restraints for like 24 hours, no new med order, no new no observations or things of that nature. They're able, these things continue to take place because no one's checking up on them, right? When right. people try to raise a flag or they make concerns. Also, a lot of the kids, because they're there, don't have social support. They don't have the parental support. They don't have the families because that's, that's one of the reasons why they're there, because they're coming from impoverished or they're coming from very traumatic backgrounds. Like, you you know exactly. that. And so who are you going to complain to, Right. When you're right. at a behavioral hospital and you're only there for maybe a couple of weeks and something goes wrong, they're getting on the phone to, oh, yeah, mom, I saw this. So that's not the case. So unfortunately, this is like a marginalized population within the mental health community at some of these RTFs. So, um, you know, as we were reading through the article, it seems like people are paying more attention. The legislation is getting involved. Mm-hmm. But I, I totally, you know, this is just from hearing from um some of my clients that I have were adolescents and Jay, I'm sure you heard similar stories. No, they absolutely need to have more of a microscope at some of these RTS because some of these, man, you hear some real horror stories and you know, your heart goes out um, because they're, they're supposed to be getting treatment, right? That is the key word in RTF or residential treatment right. is that they're getting treatment. However, when you hear about some of these inhumane practices or when you hear about some of these other different reports of how in these individuals are being treated, mental health issue, behavioral health issue or not, they're still human beings. When you hear about some of these things that are going on, this is where like, no, like it's, you know, it's sickening and absolutely, they, you know, a microscope needs to be placed more. So everybody's put in a situation where they can be held accountable because when that happens, you know, when you know, Jayco or whoever comes into the hospital, right? People want to get in tip-top shape, right? Right, right? All of a sudden, like, no, this is how you should be conducting yourself all the time because if you don't and things aren't above code, nah, there are going to be repercussions, you lose funding, things get shut down, so on and so forth. Um, right. So I'm hoping that um, they absolutely address some of these issues, um, especially for these kids because, you know, you're talking about complex trauma taking place for a kid that's already been expose their experience with trauma um so you know something to watch um and i'm i'm, I'm hoping that again they, they start paying attention more to how these uh, rtfs are being run definitely man it's gonna be interesting you know to watch how that develops man. yeah but I, I didn't know the slang man i knew you know i didn't i didn't know about booty juice i learned something new every day no there you yep, go yep yep all right now watch yeah. you're gonna hear it all the time now yeah, it's going to be popular. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, Jay was talking about booty juice. You know, yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Anything else, man, before we get out of here? Nah, just, again, want to thank everybody who joined us for, uh, you know, Voyage number 50. Um, we 50, appreciate baby. it. Um, you know, it's a lot going on out here with us outside of here. So, you know, we, we do content when we can. Um, and, you know, again, once we get around over through this mountain, then we're going we're gonna to start putting out content more regularly. So. Just appreciate everybody hanging with us. Anybody who takes time to watch the videos, appreciate you. Love you. Enjoy your uh, Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, man. Jay, you uh, you doing anything for the Fourth, bro? Yeah, man. I, uh, I'm just chilling though. I may I may go up to the Meadowlands um, Fair. I may go, you know, down to the beach. You know, just take, you know, and then I'm studying. But that's it. All right, cool, cool. Uh, what you doing? Uh, hopefully nothing. That is the goal. I'm not right. sure. Yeah, you know, I would like to, um, you know, just chill, maybe put a couple things on the grill um, and do nothing. Now, how likely is that to happen? Probably not very, but I'm going to give it a shot. All right. Well, let me know how that, that works out for you, brother. You know, I'll, I'll be talking to you anyway. So. Listen, man, I can sleep in late. Uh, that's a victory for me. <laughs> you know, that's like, that's you know, that's like Christmas to us. Um, but yeah, yeah, I am mad at you. Absolutely. 
appreciate everybody um, rolling with us and supporting us for 50 episodes. Absolutely, we would not be here if it wasn't for you guys and your support and your feedback. So continue to, um, you know, give us that, um, you know, this reception, you know, give us the, the thumbs up, thumbs down, feedback, comments, subject, all that stuff. Uh, we need it continue to you know spread the news continue to let tell people about us and uh we got some good things to come for the next 50 episodes so um you know without anything else jay i'll see you my good brother all right my brother i'm gonna see you for 51 yes sir all right later man <laughs>